Welcome to the CX Impact Podcast. Speed up your customer experience success. The CX Impact Podcast is brought to you by Gemseek, your trusted analytics advisor, helping you predict what your customers will do next. Hello, everybody. I'm Omchu Blaskov, host of the CX Impact Podcast and CX Champion at Gemseek. I hope you liked the previous episode of the podcast. If you haven't heard it yet, you can find it on Spotify, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Customer experience community is bigger and stronger today than ever before. There are a lot of organizations which drive the community forward. Associations and institutes, local networks and platforms who support professionals to learn, share and advance in their careers. Awards programs also play an important role in the ecosystem. They give deserved recognition to outstanding CX leaders and initiatives. Today we'll discuss what is the value of applying and winning a CX award, how CX awards connect professionals and how the things have changed since COVID-19. I'm pleased to have as my guest today, Neil Skehel. Neil is the founder and CEO of Awards International. Awards International is an organization running business awards and conferences among which are the International CX Awards, UK CX Awards, Southeast Europe CX Awards, the Digital Experience Awards, Employee Experience Awards, and Gulf CX Awards. Neil is also owner of CXM, the Customer Experience uh, Magazine. Neil has over 30 years of experience on various roles in sales, marketing, and operations in some of the market leaders such as McDonald's and Castro. Neil, thanks for being on the CX Impact podcast. Well, thank you, Momchil. Uh, thank you for inviting me. It's going to be good to do this. Okay, let's jump straight on it and uh, tell me more about your uh, path to customer experience and why you have selected the field. Okay, great question, uh, Mom Chill. Well, I enjoyed a customer service role for a long time. I consider it an honor to serve people. I learned that in my career at McDonald's and I worked my way up the ladder at McDonald's uh, as a, starting as a crew member in 1985 and by 2004, reached the position of head of national operations for the United Kingdom. So I was responsible for new product development and uh, restaurant management at that time. And that included operating the Mystery Shopper program for 1500 restaurants. So with new product development on the one hand, I saw lots of new stuff from suppliers about category management and customer insight which was uh, fantastic stuff. And I, I worked with people like Coca-Cola, like yourself, and Cargill and Kerry Foods, who would not dream of doing anything without customer insight first, which was a phenomenal new experience for me. So running the Mystery Shopper program as well, and also being part of the European Operations Board for McDonald's, working with people like Charlie Bell and the UK Chief Operations Officer, Peter Sullivan, meant that I had responsibility for restaurant management measurement. So we were trying to be a customer-led organization. So there was lots of customer measures in there. And I was always searching for better ways to measure restaurant performance. In 1998, for example, myself and my team investigated 128 different ways to measure restaurant customer satisfaction as a sort of trying to find the best practice. So we worked with Grassroots, what was then Fizzback, it's now NICE, we were, and then Satmetrics was a different company, so we worked with Satmetrics as well. Marit, CX, Empathica, and others as part of a review. So we looked at, you know, uh, Black Box, uh, Telephony, IVR, you know, anything, you name it. And we were trying to identify best practice. So I was, as I was doing this, so that's, you know, part of the background. But as I was doing this, I was also able to commission, because I was trying to understand the drivers of customer satisfaction. 
I commissioned a piece of work from a pure research agency with a lovely lady called Lisa Eady, who worked at Leo Burnett. And we set about identifying what matters to our customers in terms of importance. And we did regression analysis on all of the facets of the customer experience and their contribution to overall satisfaction. Needless to say, we found that very difficult to sell it internally, but it was a fascinating exercise. And we used to talk about the customer importance of customer service as one of the differentiating factors for McDonald's and its competitors. But this research showed us that it was the opposite uh, that people feared most. It was rude service that people feared the most. It wasn't the service was a differentiator. The thing that put them off was a rude service. McDonald's was so convenient, they just went anyway. So they wouldn't come back if it was rude. They didn't expect particularly outstanding service. The research also showed us that one of the most important influencing factors was the customer toilets. And people uh, would avoid different McDonald's because the customer toilets were not so good. So that was one of the biggest drivers of visits and satisfaction. It's funny, I went and went, I did some work for Shell as well, and uh, Shell petrol stations, and they were trying to convince their general managers to clean the toilets. Uh, we all know, I'm sure you, you know, Monchil, if you're driving around on the big highways, we all know that the condition of the bathrooms at a petrol freestander has a great influence on our decision to visit. It does, yeah. I mean, for myself, I'd hold out until, I'd hold out until the next petrol station, if I knew the one I was approaching <laughs> was normally dirty and a mess. I mean, it's just true. So we did this work. So I was in there. So you asked me, why did I choose the field? Well, you can see um, some of the things I was doing in my role. But I think it's the power of insight and measurement that somehow suits who I am. It's a mixture of the anecdotal and the quantitative that I like. I think that you can't do one or the other without, you know, in business, it's judgment. So it's all the sense, also the sense of trying to improve and understand better and come up with different methods for understanding the customer that I really enjoy. I was fascinated by work that the people I was working with, like McCormick's uh, or Kerry Foods, I don't know if you've heard of these people, but they're very large food production companies. And they would plant their crops you know, they have to predict market demand 18 months in advance because what they plant, they have to sell. If the market changes from, let's say, mesquite to pesto, because that's the changing trends, they have to predict that. If they grew too much of one herb and not of enough of another, they would have a missed opportunity. So they used to try to use sensory testing panels to forecast crop planting. And that sort of stuff used to just blow my mind. And so that's where, uh, that's an interesting thought too, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. It's an uh, amazing journey. And the fact that uh, you used to be measuring how your restaurants perform in 120 ways, it's really crazy. And that uh, you are so early adopter of uh, many of the things that companies still don't do, such as uh, running advanced uh, driver analysis in order to see where to focus your attention and what really drives experience. It's amazing. And few people really have so much hands-on experience. Having said that, it's very interesting what you did and that you moved away from daily doing and improving customer experience uh, within a specific company and founding uh, Awards International. Why you decided to do this and really what was the unmet need that you wanted to address? Well, after 20 years at McDonald's, I left. I mean, I wanted to work for myself. So I left and I found uh, quite a few I find it quite easy to get consultancy work, but it's not really what I wanted to do. I wanted to set up a, a company. 
And I was I'm thinking, because I've worked with Mystery Shopping and everything, I was thinking along the lines of a, a company which, you know, did recognition. And um, in 2006, I won an award for innovation at the British Computer Society. And I met my co-founder, Don Hales, who is still our chairman. Um, and I met him in 2006. And uh, so following that, I judged for Don at the National Customer Service Awards and the National Business Awards for a couple of years. It was great fun. He ran those. Uh, but both Don and I could see opportunities. I think the main one was to professionalize business awards. So most awards are an add-on for a company to something else. They're perhaps a cash cow for the organizers and the pat on the back for the advertisers in a magazine, for example, or for a media company. And we've moved right away from that model. We started without a magazine, we started with awards. Our awards are about integrity and transparency and independence. Many customers tell us now how much they value that, calling us the fairest awards that they know about. So Don and I met from time to time, and then in 2007, we made a bid for an awards project together. We didn't get it, but we founded the Charter Institute of Marketing Excellence Awards the next year, and that enabled us to launch Awards International. And we ran that awards program for six years. And of course, off the back of that, we, ran, we, we launched a number of other awards, but really it was about wanting to run a company which was about positive recognition that made me uh, start Awards International. And of course, CX, you know, I wouldn't have called it CX when we started, but customer service, the customer, customer insight were always very important to me. So within a very short space of time of having set up the company, having got the help from CIM, I found myself starting the Customer Experience Awards in 2010. I can really confirm what you're saying, and uh, I was very impressed uh, as being a judge, uh, really to see how really independent the awards are, and uh, really the entire organization was perfect. Although this was the first ever online event uh, that I just did the see customer experience awards. So, how do you see the role of awards international within the CX ecosystem? Well, thank you very much for your comments. I mean, that was actually the first time we did an online event as well. So um, it was great fun. Uh, that was the 29th of May, uh, you will remember. And of course, coronavirus hit, you know, full in the face about 23rd of March. But it's an interesting question that you asked about the role of Awards International in the CX uh, ecosystem. You could say we are your global partner in advancing CX. Well, that's our role recently since we announced our global partnership with the CXPA. But as an awards company, our role is to promote best practice. We're about to launch a special new product which brings out the knowledge and real-life case studies from all the CX awards as well. So uh, we're taking that uh, responsibility uh, a step further now. So we run five customer experience events in Europe and the Middle East. We're the founders of the Customer Experience Awards and CX Awards per se, started in 2010, we started the first ever Customer Experience Awards. So our role is to promote best practice. I love helping people launch and enhance their careers. I see many people now, either in corporations or working as individuals, whose careers are going so well. And I'm delighted that we've played, you know, even a small part in that. And I'd like to think in business, we can kind of help people become famous in their own right. But I think that might be going too far. I also own CXM, which you pointed out, which is the online destination for CX professionals. And at Awards International, I have to say, that's an innovation 
the customer experience awards in 2010 was an innovation. I think part of our role, Nonchil, is also to be innovators. Where we go, others are followed, and I mean that. We were the first to launch the customer experience awards. We were the first to go online in the pandemic. We were the first to be independent. We're the first to be international. And we're the first in the Middle East with the Customer Experience Awards. We're the first to develop bespoke award software. We're the first to assemble very large panels of judges. And we're the first to launch an online CX website. We're the first to launch the CX Masterclass. We're the first to launch awards finals and ceremonies on the same day, which only we can do because of our software. We're the first and still the only ones to do open sessions. So that seems to be part of our role. And thinking about this question made me think about that. And you know what? It can be expensive to be the first because if you copy other people, you don't have the expense and the risk. But I'm learning about that. It's easy for others to let us take the pain and copy us. It's not called the bleeding edge for nothing. And you've heard that phrase, Momchil. But you know, you have to learn and you have to move on. So uh, does that help understand that? Yeah, that's super impressive, Neil. And so that you're partying in so many different areas and continue doing it. It's not just at the beginning, for example, when you established Awards International, but you do it continuously, which is something which uh, really should be admired. I have one like follow-up question. You mentioned that currently you'll be launching something around promoting best practices, sharing real-life case studies in order really to keep the momentum and make everything that you create available for the broader audience. That was something, by the way, that I thought during the awards that uh, all these different success stories, yeah. I mean, not so visible out there uh, to inspire great word change within the great word so i'm not sure if it's a secret or can you shed some light on... it was a secret till this moment you're the first person i have told okay. <laughs> okay so we are now beginning a knowledge project it's called cx inspired on chill so you pick the right word and you're the first person i have told about it outside of a close circle So we'll be bringing out the best practice and knowledge from hundreds of case studies. Winners from our CX awards, best practice in CX over the last couple of years. It's going to be for leaders and for organizations to understand what they should be doing to get a high level of maturity in CX. The report will be highly action oriented and will compete with the likes of Forrester and Gartner for value and insights. It's an exciting one. It's a partnership in w- between Awards International and European Customer Consultancy and supported by the CXPA. Uh, the first reports will be available on October the 31st, but this knowledge base will be a feature of the Customer Experience Awards from now on. And as of today, the teaser campaign begins. <laughs> I've seen some of the early insights and it's going to be a powerful report. Sounds really great and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Probably worth doing another episode after it's officially out there so that you can share also more about it. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and really feeling privileged that uh, you announced it on our CX Impact podcast for first time. Well, great. Yeah. Tell me more about the value of uh, earning an award and why companies should do it, and uh, what's the impact that they can achieve with winning an award? Yeah, what a great question. I think because it's so highly respected by so many leaders in customer experience. The Customer Experience Awards has become the ultimate accolade uh, for CX. If you mean a financial value, the value to an organization can be huge. It's well known that awards influence employer and customer markets. I know for a fact that I will choose a wine in a shop which has a bronze, silver or gold medal over another wine. And there are many stories from our customers of how much difference having awards makes. Value comes in a few different ways. One, the enjoyment and participation, which leads to learning. And people learn more when they're having fun. And you can learn at our awards because you can go watch the other presentations. Secondly, the motivation and the teamwork. The impact on people's motivation of participating being chosen, being selected to present at the finals, and of course, when and if they do win, it just can transform a career to a new level. And it can transform teams to a new level. We have a company right now entering the ICXA. They have challenged five divisions of their organization. It's a big bank. They have challenged five divisions of their organization to be ready to compete for the International Customer Experience Awards by the times it comes around. So the value they're getting from that exercise is about their imagination too. And they are making the most of it for when, if they win. So thirdly, the analysis and the reflection. You know, people tell us that when they prepare their awards entry, sometimes they thought more about the initiative and they should take more time to think more about more of their initiatives. And only by going through the process of entering did they actually do that reflection at that level. And then finally, you know, the PR value. So if you're clever about it, the PR value can be very high. Samsung, who attended the Digital Experience Awards a couple of weeks ago, they got five and a half thousand views for their presentation, which we recorded and put on YouTube. They shared it with all of their employees in the UK. So... They made it happen, but we gave them the uh, material to make it happen. I'd say they got value for money. So, yeah, I hope that helps. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It makes a lot of sense. And really, all these stories are very inspiring. And uh, what we see beyond really, of course, the public recognition, but what we touched upon, I think that internally, it really brings a lot of uh, positive vibe and uh, helps you to keep like the CX program on top of many different departments agenda and people really i mean they deserve it anyway but to get the recognition uh, of a international organization it's something super big Mm -hmm. cool okay i wanted to ask you about like your ambitious uh for the future you're a bit touch upon it but it would be great to elaborate and to tell us more about it then Well, I mean, you know, our ambitions for the future have been somewhat tainted by COVID as well. So, but, you know, the future is bright, Mongchil. 
The future is bright for us all. It might be difficult in the short term, despite the pandemic, but perhaps the future is brighter because of it. Sure, you know, our plans have been set back. We've less income than we had before, but we now have to get back to where we were and exceed our previous targets and make up for lost time. So to do that, we've actually been spending a lot of money during this time, investing in our future. And we've been spending a lot of time as a management team thinking about the future. Daily, weekly, monthly, reviewing, changing business plans, being very flexible and get, actually getting tired of rewriting the plans. But the external factors mean you have to. So we began the year with a big tech project, which we'd invested in. We probably should have paused it, but we carried on with it. So we'll have a unique awards manager software soon. And it's going to have some seriously mean capability not seen anywhere else and only available to our customers. We're doing a remake of CXM. So by the end of September, we'll launch a new CXM platform. Okay, and we're now beginning the new knowledge project, which I talked about. We're also working with Ian Golding on some unique initiatives. And uh, we're looking at, uh, we've obviously also launched the Judge Club. Uh, we launched the Judge Club late last year, but we've continued, it's an investment. We've continued to promote the Judge Club and to recruit members to the Judge Club. And um, that's uh, a new initiative as well. So we're investing and our growth plans are more ambitious than ever. And as I say, potentially because of COVID-19. Yes, sounds really uh, great. And I haven't heard of many companies who didn't even thought about stopping an investment in a huge project. So if it's what you did, it's really brave, but I think it's also the right way to go forward is, I think there is a lot of potential and so the industry will continue growing and uh, like organization is awards international as well. I'm also super happy and proud to be part of the Judge Club. And I think it's, um, for me personally, it's a great opportunity to exchange ideas and see what other CX uh, professionals are doing. I wanted to ask you here about the judges, really how you managed to attract the right people and to grow this network. Well, I mean, it's a really good question. I, being a part of Awards International, you're, you know you are going to contribute to a better type of awards. We've changed the way the awards are judged. I'm not sure many people would admit it, but you can see when you go and look at their websites. We're not done yet. We've got a lot more to do, but more and more awards are copying some of the stuff we do. You know, I mentioned to you about large panels of independent judges. You see the panels on awards getting bigger and bigger because they know that the judge, small panels of judges do not have enough time to dedicate to doing a good job with lots of entries. So why to become a judge is because being a judge with us is elite, but it's not elitist because you get a great experience and you only do it if you're serious and can commit. And everyone knows that. We require a commitment from our judges, but it's a brilliant experience. We dedicate a huge amount of effort to supporting both our entrants and our judges, which is again unique. We got 100% of judges agreed they were satisfied with the customer experience at the 2019 Customer Experience Awards. That's more than 150 judges. And we got Kantar Research, did the customer research. We had 65 or 70 judges reply in the survey and they scored us 100% for satisfaction. 
we have a net promoter score of plus 90% for our judges. So that's done on a rolling basis from all of our events. So that feels quite good. So you see, we treat judges as customers. And of course, there is the Judge Club, which we've already mentioned. It's for the members, by the members. It's new, it's run by Lisa and Anna, and it's exclusive. It's about being a better judge and growing personally and professionally. So we offer that experience in return for which the judges have to show their commitment. They need uh, 10 years experience in business. They need to have uh, appropriate business qualification, MBA, a membership of a, a reputable organization, potentially, you know, IOD or CXPA. And it's open for people to apply, which is why I say it's elite, but not elitist. My experience of judges where they have just a few really important people on the panel, they don't judge. They don't have time to. They delegate it. And so it totally it lacks credibility. I can show you the scores from every single one of our entries for the past 10 years. Okay. And I share those scores with the customer. Of course, I have no problem with it because I have a record of them. And I share the scores of the entry with the customer and I share the scores of their competitors with them after the awards and the judge's comments. So our independence, transparency, it's critical. It's critical. And people, so judges know they're going to do a meaningful job. Now, I'm not saying all awards are bad. I see some great examples of, um, of judging going on. You know, whether it's um, the Charter Institute of Marketing, they have a great way of doing their judging. They get all the judges in one place at one time, so they can't get away with it. But if you're not careful, the judges don't actually end up scoring. And you end up running around trying to get a few people to score the entries, which just is not good for the credibility of awards, per se, and uh, for your company. Absolutely, totally agree. And the opportunity, I can one more time confirm that being a judge is a great experience. And I'm looking forward to do it again soon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great, Bonchil. It'll be good to have you. Okay, uh, we're reaching the end of the conversation. So with all of our guests, we're asking them if they can really provide one single advice uh, to the CX leaders, our listeners, how to achieve a bigger impact, what it would be. It's not complicated, what I think. <laughs> you know, I really, I really gave some thought to this. And uh, I think perhaps this could be advice for me as well. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite business books is Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I take it you've heard of that, Montreal. And one of my favorite lessons from that book is what Stephen Covey calls seek first to understand and then to be understood. So if I can do more of this, more of the time, I will be more successful. And I think more of us, and when I think about people around me who are successful and what I admire about them, it's the effort they put into listening and understanding, whether it's their customers, the people they work with, their employees. You know, I think the most successful consultants, companies and leaders practice this so much. And you know, it means you do less work, you're more effective. So if you want to do things to light your customers, start with understanding. I'm sure you agree with that. That's what your business is. If you want to improve employee experience, start with understanding. And if you want to make a great new application or business innovation, it starts with understanding. So 
Only then can you create something which people will look at, listen to, since you now understand the customer, the market, the employee, and you can approach the situation with insight, with empathy, with something new. Having said that, the other advice would be to get in touch with me and like Mom Chill and join our wonderful community of CX professionals and let's you and I make a future together. <laughs> That's great. You had uh, only one door, but still <laughs> providing two, it's fine. <laughs> okay. That was really great. And um, seek first to be understand and then to, to be understood and Correct. put the effort into listening, if I, if I can summarize it really in one sentence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really pleased that I had as my guest today on the CX Impact podcast, Niels Kichel, founder of Awards International and owner of CXM. You can find Niels' contact details in the podcast uh, comments below. Thanks for the inspiring conversation, Neil. Thank you, Momchil. It was amazing. If you want to continue the conversation about anything you heard today or to learn how can Jamesing help you speed up your customer experience success, write us on the CX Impact at jamesing.com. If you liked this episode, hit follow and visit gemseek.com to learn more. Let's make an impact on the world of CX together. Thank you for listening.